I love couplepreneurs. Actually, I love them. My husband loves them. Founder community loves them. Fit and faith community loves them because there's just, there's an example from heaven. There's an example from our father who truly allows us to operate in our full gifting and anointing and the fellowship and the communion of being married. It's not done super well all the time. And there's lots of things to learn, which is exactly why Founder Collective, which if you guys have not tuned into our podcast or my nonprofit, it is so rich. And I say this word not lightly. I say it with such intention. And this is a place in the community in which you can thrive as a couplepreneur, as an individual woman, as a man, and just people on mission, right? To catalyze marketplace minister. It's exactly what we do with Fit and Faith, but this is a place where discipleship happens, the wellspring of life on a weekly basis. It's completely free. You can pop in and join us every Wednesday at 12. I'll make sure we have all the links in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're like, what is she talking about? I thought I was listening to the Fit and Faith podcast. You are, but this is our for-profit side of our company where we share and have conversations. And yet we also have a nonprofit. And the reason I'm sharing all of this is because our guests today, Michael and Jill, are absolutely amazing. They're married and they do ministry together. They do business together. They help amplify your brand, your social media presence specifically. They're incredible. They've got hundreds of thousands of followers across platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all the places. And they do it so like intentionally and yet... They didn't know that each of them was going to quit their job to pursue this business together. We all talked a little bit about real estate. We talked about family development. We talked about parenting. We talked about our finances as a couple and the communication strategies connected. And this is why, and this is a security and affirmation from heaven of why we are hosting couplepreneur retreats in 2024. We're so pumped. So be on the lookout, go to thefoundercollective.org and you can find out all of the information about what I shared in the forefront. But right now, I want you to stay focused. I want you to get attuned. I want you to get your pencils out, your pens out, or your note section on your phone. I'm a note taker on my phone. I've got like 2,000 notes on my phone. Should probably feed through them one time. Uh, make, a, make a book out of it, right? Come publish with us. Fit Press. Plug. Let's go. <laughs> no, really. Michael and Jill, we love you so much. I'm so grateful for you just to be in kindred spirit with someone. And you'll hear about a place that me and Jill are going without the men, uh, just the females at an upcoming event as well. So stay tuned. If you have any questions, shout us out because the more you share, the more we get to connect with you too. We don't want you to just be a listener. We want you to be an active member of this community, of this incredible family that's developing. All right. Tune in, tune in, tune in. You're going to have fun. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I am ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. 
I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. But you guys are in for a treat today. The Leonards are here and they are incredible. They not only have incredible platforms, which we're going to talk about their kind of rise to where they are now through TikTok and Instagram. We got connected through Clubhouse, which has actually been few and far between. I'm no longer there much anymore. So we can talk about the evolution of tech and what happens post-COVID world. But we had the opportunity to be together at Amberly Lago's Mastermind event in uh, the Unstoppable Conference in Raleigh, North Carolina, which coincidentally Incidentally, y'all, I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to be hosting my conference there later this year because I loved the venue so, so much. So Sounder Collective will be there in November. But when we were there, we had an opportunity to really connect again in person, even though we had been at other conferences before. And we just had this kindred ignite. And I feel like what is so cool about that is as we evolve as humans, we have an opportunity to go deeper with people faster. And so being in each other's kind of like realm of influence, I am a, an influencer, you're an influencer, we influence one another. Um, it calls us higher, it sharpens one another. And in that moment specifically, you guys were one of the my favorite conversations through the weekend of just reconnecting and seeing what has happened in your life over the past couple of years since we first met. I'm so glad you guys are on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having us. What's crazy is when we met at uh, the first conference, 2021, we had no, and then we had, it was like a minute, like a brief minute. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. I have to reconnect with her. And then two years later, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Tamara. That's a girl. I didn't know her. <laughs> and I knew exactly who you guys were. But remember the first conference we met, you were actually really not feeling good. And so you yeah. guys were only present for maybe a quarter of the entire event because you were sick. Yes. Yeah. We had flown to Vegas because there was, you had mentioned Clubhouse, there was a huge meetup and we couldn't get a connecting flight. So we had to fly from Vegas back home for one night to fly back then to Denver the very next morning. And so I think basically what happened with her is just the time change and jet lag and everything just finally caught up with her. Yeah, I'd been struggling with like dizziness and things like that for, Mm. I had been struggling with it for about a year and I had finally started to feel well, but then being on a plane and then going to Denver, we were were from California, so we were- Oh yeah, the altitude, yeah. (laughs) Up to Denver. I was just like, I, I couldn't make it. So we, we were there for like 24 hours and then we decided they to go home back. just because I couldn't, I, I was too sick. So well, it makes total sense. Redo. Yes, you do. And I was just there and it was incredible. And they're going to host the next one again next year in June. So hopefully we can reconnect at the same one and it'll be a totally different experience because we love yeah. to go and make an adventure out of everywhere we go because it's not just about that specific conference. It's like we get to travel the world and you guys get to travel the globe doing what you love encouraging other people, teaching other people from your zone of genius. And we should enjoy it when we're there and not just be strapped into our obligations. And so I know you guys love to actually fully immerse yourself in cities. And I'd love for you guys to just share about that evolution and now the kind of adventure that you get to be on all the time. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy to think about when you start in business, you always are like, I'm going to be successful, you know, you, but you can't really see it. And so to think back to like 2020 when we started and just like your goals always shift. Like the first one was, oh, I don't want Jill to have to be able to work anymore. And right. she oddly enough, then got fired from a job for no random reason. And so I was like, well, now we don't have to worry about it because you're home anyways. And, and so, and then the next was like, oh, it would be nice if I could just work part-time at my job. And then it'd be nice if I could step away. And I never really, like we tallied up last year, how many times we flew. And it was like 20 something yeah, times. It's a, a lot. Like I could have never imagined in my life being able to go different places like that and be able to like share. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people are in that same situation where, hey, like I would really love to be able to step away from what I'm doing and doing something that I love, something that I feel like is more of my mission, my purpose, my calling, because that's where I felt. I felt like I was just using my skills and knowledge and expertise in a place that what I wasn't passionate about and I didn't yeah. feel like was really what I was called to, to do on this sure. earth. And so sure. uh, now to get to turn around and do that for other people, because we've been fortunate enough to do it ourselves. It's just really cool to be able to do and to see. Well, there's such a freedom factor that exists there. And I love that it was like the desire of your heart and then it happened. And maybe it didn't always happen the way you wanted it to happen. Like losing your job is never really fun or expected. But simultaneous to that, you realize that there's like uh, such a favor element to that. There's such a grace connected to that when you have the right perspective. And so my favorite part about the two of you is that I generally never see you solo. And I'm sure you have your solo moments. And me and Jill are about to get away and have a girls trip at a conference coming up here soon. So it doesn't matter. But I love that you guys do, I, I call business ministry. And so you guys truly do your ministry together. And I want to hear about like kind of the friction points of that. Because I know that there can be some difficulties. Um, but simultaneously, like, did you know or have like presumption that you were ever going to do this together the way that you do? That's such a good question. Um, well, it's funny because when we think back to, we just celebrated eight years being married Yay, a couple weeks congrats. ago, which we're like, oh my gosh, time flies so fast. But we remember back then, and when we were getting married, that was probably, you know, we were super, I mean, we're still in love, but we were like insanely <laughs> in love at the time and like so excited to be getting married. You know, that feeling getting married, it's so exciting. It is. And I remember thinking, okay, well, we're getting married to spend all of our time together but we're going in opposite directions. Mm. I had a two hour round trip commute every day to work. Wow. Michael was working weekends. It was a lot. And I just remember thinking like, okay, we're getting married, but we're not going to spend all of our time together, which yeah. in my brain, I'm getting married to this man because I want to spend a lot of my time with him, all of my <laughs> life with him. And so my idea was let's start a business. And that was when we started our first business. I was working for a screen printer so we were like, let's just start a little t-shirt business. I had a little e-commerce background back when e-commerce was booming. Yeah. And that was our first business. It was really special. And we did that instead of going on a honeymoon. And people wow. thought we were crazy. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah. They thought we were nuts. We did go on a honeymoon a year later. Yeah. But instead, we invested in our first business. Wow. And so we've been technically in business together for eight years. We started the market vibe in 2019. But it's been quite a journey because I, I always say you can either work with your spouse or you can't like <laughs> a lot of people can and a lot of yeah. people can't and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that with that either. Yeah, totally fine either way. 
Um, but we've really had to work through, I just say like figuring out our role together in the business and then our roles separately in the business. So with the business, we always present a united front. When you're, when someone is talking to us, they're talking to one of us, they're talking to both of us. Mm. And, but one thing that's been really helpful is we keep business over here and we keep relationship over here. In the very beginning, we used to get in fights and then we'd like, or arguments and we'd like throw in things from marriage in there too. And it would just be Mm. a big ball of chaos. And we've really learned how to separate those two things. So when we're having a disagreement about business or a disagreement about marriage, they're separate. Wow. And having our own specific duties is really important too. I don't know. I know that was a very long answer. I don't know if you want no, to. No, gosh, I think it's giving you yeah, a lift version. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for us and obviously like every couple is different, but I think yeah. what really worked for us was figuring out, okay, what are the things that we have to do in our business? Okay. What do we feel like each person is the best at, but how can we make it so it's not just you go your way, I go my way, we do the things, and then they kind of just mesh it. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we blend that together to then come together and make everything fit like puzzle pieces and work? And that probably, I would say it definitely took up until our current business now. Because the first business, you know, when you start your first business, usually it's not the most successful one because you're yeah. just kind of like trying to figure it out. But each like time you start a new business, that's why I think that they say it's like the third or fourth business for yeah, entrepreneurs. Yeah, actually takes roots. usually yeah. the one that sticks. Yeah. And so I think you're just the first couple of times you're learning, you know, like what skills does it take? Okay. Like what, what knowledge do I need to learn for us? It was how to, we work together. Yeah. Uh, That first one, it was really rough. We were arguing a lot. We didn't have real boundaries when it came to, okay, we unplug it this time. And now it's like our marriage and our life. It's not about business right? because we used to work all hours of the night and things would get blurred. And so I think it's just things you learn over time. Uh, But when it comes to working with, um, your spouse or significant other. I really think that just evaluating all of the things that you do, really asking yourself whose skill set is that within, but then how can you both come together to then take the best parts of what you both create and make it magical within of itself to present, you know. Well, I think too, like there's, first off, you're speaking into my life, like currently, because my husband and I are like really on the verge of coming, uh, coming out, coming out more as a couple, like everyone puts us together. We've been married for 10 years. We've been together for 14. So people know that when I'm anywhere, Gary is, is there, even if it's just speaking through me, but we're actually doing a lot of our traveling together. We're opening up doing retreats together for couplepreneurs. He comes and speaks on his own. He has his own retreats. I have my own retreats. We're about to co-author a book together. There's like all of this togetherness that is happening that was not a part of the plan, at least our fleshly plan. And so as it comes about understanding one, like our conversations around like, this is business time. This is couple time. This is parenting time because that's a whole nother thing. Um, and, and realizing that we can value one another for our gifts and talents, but we can also be the strength and the weakness when other person falls through, right? And understanding that we have to give each other grace in the process. And so I love that you guys have done that seemingly quite effectively because you're still in business together. So kudos to you. You're still saying yes. You're still married. That's even more important to me. You're still married. Um, But I would love to hear like you guys also display marriage on a really fun way through your social media. And so where did that idea come from? Because it sounds like from a time frame perspective, which I didn't know about your first business in 2019, when you started the market vibe, like 
it wasn't until 2020 that your like TikTok and things kind of went viral the way that they are now. So explain yeah, that evolution. So, yeah. So we had started July 4th, oddly enough, cool. uh, 2019, the market vibe. And we started it. It's such a funny story in the dog hot dog aisle of Safeway because we were just so <laughs> like fed up with our yes! story for a different day. But okay. we started on Instagram and we had consumed TikTok for a while, but we we're like, oh, I don't know, like, it's one of these things we'll start, you know, like, right. down the road or something like that. But then COVID happened, and I had to work still, but she didn't. And, but our pot of people was just us. And so we had to figure out something to pass the time. And <laughs> to do. Honestly, we were like, well, we should start a TikTok, and we'll just make a bunch of videos and see what happens. And so the first one I did was actually, I didn't even plan this, but I came home from work, and I was bringing Jill a bunch of things for a uh, birthday it was her birthday, yeah. but I didn't know her mom had just called her and told her she had COVID. So we couldn't do anything for Green her birthday. Yeah. And so I'm like phone, of course, like trying to be a good husband. Oh. Like, Oh, I got all this stuff, balloons and all this stuff. And she's like sitting on the floor crying, oh, like no. super crying. Like a lot of people thought it was scripted. It really wasn't. I was just yeah. trying to be a good husband. And then I felt really awful, <laughs> but I was like, babe, what's wrong? And she like starts to tell the story. And then we did a part two where I like give her all the gifts mm. and things. And those both blew up. I think they had 50 to a hundred thousand views. Wow. Overnight. Wow. Like, we just kept making like marriage funny, just type yeah. of content. Cause that's like really who we are. And we realized that like, I don't, we don't know why we were fighting TikTok so much. Cause it's like right <laughs> up our alley yeah. as far as just you know, like we have our business side, just like you, but yeah. everybody has like their goofy, funny, yep. like whatever side. And that comes out with us just being married. And so I think people really resonated with that because when we first started, there weren't a lot of couples yeah. really in business together or yeah. creating content together. It's actually really good to see, like whenever we see a couple now, we're like, yay. Yay. Yeah. Because we didn't really feel like when we started, there was a lot of that. So we right. kind of felt on an island a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, it just kind of started from there and then, um, you know, kind of blew up on Clubhouse, just really honestly just giving with no agenda. And yeah. that was really cool to see. And that funneled into Instagram. I think we grew 15 to 20,000 followers through that. And so it just kind of started from TikTok and then just kind of went to every platform. And so that's kind of been the social media maturation, I guess, over the past almost four years now. Yeah. But I think what's special is when I remember when we were getting married, I was like, I don't want to hear one ball and chain joke. I don't want to hear about your life being over because I find this very sacred. I know it you is. do as well. And it was a big deal to me to get married and to make this, you know, our all like this is our, this, these are our number ones. And we noticed that when we started creating content, we really started creating that like very sweet, loving, you know, showcasing like what marriage can be. And I think that a lot of people have shifted and they're really looking for a true life partner, especially, you know, millennials and younger yeah. marriage is very important and they're taking it super seriously. Not saying that our parents' generation didn't, but it's just completely different. And we wanted to showcase like life doesn't end after marriage. Like yeah. actually life gets better after marriage and you can have a great time. You can be in love. You can even work together. And that was always really important to us to show that like, yeah, life doesn't end after marriage. 
That's so good. There's And there's so much hope to that. And honestly, like I have walked through um, divorce with my parents as an adult. So it just recently happened in the last several years. And I, I realized that this is actually happening more and more and more. And really the only reason that people were staying together was because of their kids. Um, and I never wanted that to be my story. Right. And so while we were positioned in marriage, it was like for family, God, kids, me, spouse, right? It was kind of like all discombobulated and the kids were entitled and I'm raising my hand because I was that kid. And like, we got everything. We got all their attention. We, when something was going awry, like it didn't really matter about their marriage. I never really even paid attention to that other than like when they would kiss and the, and it was weird. And I was like, stop doing that. It's so vulgar in the kitchen. Like I, I remember that. That's about it. And my dad was also in the military. So he traveled a lot. And so I was really used to being with my mom and my siblings for like nine months at a time. Right. And so we had our own thing going. And so that's like a military conversation. But regardless of that, we cannot put our kids and position our kids as the priority to our marriage when we got married before kids ever existed, at least for us. And so I always think about that with our kiddos. One of the biggest um, pieces of advice we got before we had our kids was um, make sure you never stop dating each other and to always go on dates and always put your kids as the secondary to not just you guys couple, but also to you. Like you have to fill your cup, then your spouse gets filled, then it's the kids and God goes first. And we've done that strategically. And the seasons that I haven't, because I don't get it always all right all the time, I can feel it. We can feel it. There's tension. There's a chasm between us. We're like two ships passing in the night. And so when I think about developing not only our business together, because you guys also do a lot in real estate like we do as well, it's stewarding finances in a way that a majority of people are not used to. Like you guys don't get a paycheck every two weeks, right? You don't know where it's coming from next. You can't really forecast what your health insurance is going to be or any of these other things. And these are the types of conversations when I talk about having like couplepreneur retreats, we have to get real with people and we have to have conversations about, well, what is your legacy plan? Well, how are you generating income without necessarily having to rely on your business, but it's coming in as what my husband likes to call it, what's casually known as mailbox money. So you guys are getting into the real estate play, right? So tell me about like that, the financial side to what it is that you do. Because that alone is one of the top three reasons why people get divorced is kids, they don't agree on parenting, finances, or they don't agree on faith. Those are the top three. Yeah. So money is a funny one because from we combine our finances, I believe it was the first year. Before we got so married. we weren't even yeah. married. It was like four full years of being together. So we kind of joke we were already married. <laughs> but um, I grew up seeing everything wrong yeah. to do when it comes to money. And so I think that actually it hindered me like in my early, like late teens, early twenties, because I started to notice I got into those paths, but ultimately helped me because now I see, I basically got a first row seat for what not to do. Yeah. We always had a rule because, um, I would only say that we've seen financial abundance in our lives, probably the past two to three years. Right. So that means there was eight years where it was like a struggle. And we had a rule where it was just like, Hey, we're combined accounts. But like, if it's over X amount of money, can you just at least like say, Hey, you know, I want to spend $50 on this. Yep. Um, $50 back then was a lot. And so I think we just had that level of respect when it came to money of, okay, we're, we combine our finances. So we're obviously just going to like split the bills, yep. but if you want something like, don't feel like you can't say anything or you have to sneak around, 
and like get it, like try and hide it or something. That's good. Oh my gosh, I remember that when I was little. Don't tell dad. And I'm always like, okay, I'm like running up the back stairs with my clothes. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second, I'm going school shopping. I got this like years ago. It's so old. (laughs) But I think it was just having that healthy respect and open dialogue with each other to feel comfortable saying, I'd really like to go buy this or, hey, can we maybe do this with our money? Obviously, like as time goes by and, and you create more success, less of that. Like if I want to go spend 20 bucks, I don't have to be like, yeah. can I go spend 20 bucks? You know what I mean? But I think for us and for couples just starting out, I think that's a really easy way to start. Yeah. It's to just ha- like say, hey, we're just going to have open dialogues when it comes to money and let's just figure out, and it doesn't have to be like a limit or anything, but let's just figure out something that works for us where we're both taking our finances seriously in a way that we want to get to and you can talk about this like all oh, it's like what are your goals as a couple right. 10 20 years yeah so like let's make decisions now for where we want to be 5 10 20 right. years down the road and i think that the earlier you can have those conversations and then just that open space to be able to be honest about them yeah um, really really helps because i know money is a particular issue because some people come from money some people don't come from money some people yeah like come from really no money or like have never been taught money management and principles. So it can be, there can be a lot of fear and things around money. Um, But again, I think if you just give that open space, I think that that helps a lot, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And what seems to help us is we are always, like he said, we're always in communication with what's going on with our money. But like, if I want to buy something, I don't have to ask him permission. Like there's a barometer. But if I wanted to spend something that was a little more, right. I might chat with him and just say like, you know, I'd really want to do this. Can we do this? And then we figure out like, yeah, we can totally do it. Just it's more not asking for permission. It's more just a respect for the other person yeah. because it is the other person's money as well. Yeah. And we just have a plan for everything. We're huge planners and schedulers. We have every bill written down. We know everything that's going out, when it's going out. And Michael kind of is the main, like, he's really good with numbers. So he's kind of the main, like, planning for, like, okay, what are we saving? What are we doing here? And we manage together. I think a lot of women fall into that, too, is thinking, like, oh, my my husband will take care of it. And, like, I wanted to make sure that I at least know what's going on. We're making goals together. We're in on it together. It sometimes just makes more sense for one person to be, like, doing the paying or, like, doing the moving so that you're not organization sure yeah (laughs) but being on the same page together and the goals is so true yeah I feel like if if my husband and I didn't have those conversations clearly and I'll be honest like I was probably one of those women for a really long time and before I started effectively nurturing the business that I'm in now, um, I, I, I was an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. He had his thing going. We always shared a bank account. So I never felt like I didn't have access or that I could or couldn't spend anything. But I really didn't know how his business was operating. And so I would just see large chunks of some come in lar- and then large go out. Large come in, large come out. And so honestly, I kind of lived in my financial element um, as a man married couple in fear of like, I don't have any control. And when I then became a stay-at-home mom without my business for several years, that was even more of like a conversation. And of course, carrying that trauma from my childhood into my relationship, I'm like, I want to earn money because I want to buy my own insert X, or I want to pay for the kid's school. Or I, I had this like 
ego and pride connected to finances and why I was showing up doing business rather than it being for us and it being for this future that we have planned and it fueling a togetherness. And so it's been an evolution for me. And I'm really open with women about it specifically because I do feel like we fall into that pocket and can fall into that prey. I know people who have gambled their pink slips to their house away. I know people who like they come home and they don't realize that their water bill is not working or their lights aren't turned on and they didn't even know that so-and-so didn't pay the bill. And so I want to be financially literate. And when we're talking about like the element, which we can get into a little bit, I know it's fun for you guys, is the real estate game is like, how, how do we manage that? Because that's a whole nother layer of finances, but it's also a whole nother layer of freedom when we can do it effectively. And so that's something we're playing around with. We have a really cool like trust plan with how our kiddos are going to have access to said money because we don't want them to have the mailbox money but not have to work for it, right? Like there's a whole bunch of elements to that. So as you guys are stepping into multiple arenas of business at this point, and I'd love to share too with the audience, like what exactly do you do? What does your what does your company do? Because I know it, it will help them. Um, how have you guys managed like having those dreams connected to real estate and what your goals are in that regard? Yeah, I think that long term, our goal was always like, let's be able to live the rest of our life and not have to like so many people where it's like, oh, I get to start living my life at 68 or 70. Like there's things that we wanted to do. And so it's okay, well, what would afford us a life of being able to do that? Okay, well, it has to be on some level, at least remote. Um, But Ideally, if we want to be able to travel like we do and just be able to completely unplug, it has to be something, like you said, that's kind of like mailbox money in essence yeah. that will basically, and that's what got us to start looking at real estate. And real estate was kind of always um, in the back of our minds. Um, but I think it was just a like, let's figure out this step. Okay, let's get here with our agency. Okay, now we have enough results where it's like, okay, now people are asking us to teach. So now we're doing coaching and consulting. And so then it's, okay, well, what's the next step? Like, you know, reinvest back into, because yeah. um, everyone's like, oh, well, why don't you like spend all your money or like, and things like that? We're like, we're busy reinvesting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems kind of like boring. We're busy but, saving it. Yeah. yeah. I know, right. But, and so then the next step is obviously that um, being able to, you know, buy real estate, yep. you know, pay more down on it and things like that. And just really start to step, like, it's almost like how we teach in like programs that most people do, like here's your pain point and like, here's the solution. So it's A and B. So A is where we are right now and B is where we ultimately, if we could just snap our fingers, that would be the perfect situation. Okay, well, what are the steps that we need to take? Well, first we need to start a business, become an expert. So we're just slowly taking those steps. I mean, it's been four years. It's gone by really fast. I know, it always does. And the next four or five will go by really fast too. And so- I think that was one of the biggest lessons I always learned is that time will go a lot faster than you think it will. So you might as well start planning as soon as you possibly can, because you could wake up and five years could be gone and you realize you never even really planned that five years. They just sort of happened and you were a passenger. And so, yeah, I think that that was kind of how we ultimately got into real estate is just following the plan we kind of created for ourselves. Yeah. I'd say we kind of just started with what we knew how to do. 
that that was the only thing that made sense for me in my mind. And I had been working in social media and marketing since 2011, like right after, actually right before I graduated from college. So when we started, we were like, okay, let's start with what we know that social media management, that's marketing deliverables, and it's providing a service. Okay. We grew that to a substantial amount and we've grown kind of our authority, as you could say, online. And now we're kind of stepping into like, okay, now we can maybe offer things like coaching and consulting. So we'll go into businesses and teach their teams like, okay, this is how you set up a content strategy to get people, you know, into your email list or to buy your products or, you know, what have you. And then, you know, it made sense for us. We're like, okay, so we've built something big. We're stepping a little bit away, a little bit away because we're all getting older and we, you know, our, we don't want to work or be working so rigorously when we're in our old age, we will probably never stop working. Right. We right. actually really Love enjoy it. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so now it's like, like Michael said, taking that next step. Okay. If our goal is a hundred percent free time together, what's going to give us that life. Okay. So now we're starting to look at real estate and how we can get into that. So I think it's just, if you're someone who's just starting, just start with what you know, Get really good at that. Get really good at delivering whatever that you can promise. And then maybe get so good that you can now teach other people in your industry to do it. And then just follow the progression. But I think it all starts with knowing where you want to go and then knowing where you are right now. That's good. And that will help kind of map that out along the way. That's good. But we've also kind of gone where our journey has led us. Like yeah. it led us to move out of California into Utah, which we never thought would happen. So cool. And taking risk and just having faith and going for it and knowing that we every time we've ever taken a risk, it has always paid off. Even if it was so scary, we were like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Even the prayer you said for us, I'm like, Aww. girl, do you know what we're going <laughs> what on? you're walking like, through? <laughs> Well, no idea. That's just, called prophetic. <laughs> and just to just have fun. Like, yeah. even though, oh, hey, it's a risk. Like, some of the most fun we had was driving all the way from California to Utah. So cool. we we embrace yeah. the challenge. Like, the things that people usually shy away from. The stretching of the comfort zone. The challenging yourself. The, like, doing things that are different. All these things, we just, we're like, well, we're going to have to do them. So we might as well have fun. And we right. find ways to have fun doing them. Because then the next time that that comes up, it makes it so much more. Now, if we wanted to move, we'd be like, moving's fun. Yeah, like we could do it. Yeah, we've done it before. So I think it conditions you to then look at the positive side of doing those things that are really hard instead of what most people do, which is, I have to like try something different or, oh, I have to learn how to use this or do this. If you can find the fun in it and however that is for different people, I think then it, it reframes the way you start to look at stuff like that. I'll admit that is exactly me. I'm a comfort zone girly. I could be fine with staying home and doing yeah. the same thing over and over again every day. But I mean, what kind of, you know, what kind of life is that? Right. You know, I, when you stay in your comfort zone, you give up less, more, you, you give up your control over Ooh. where you're going. So I think really getting uncomfortable and being okay with things not going the way that you thought that they would go, but go where you're being led. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And I think that's where like your intuition, your spirit guides into those places. And if you're feeling that tug, it's for a reason. And a lot of people, because of their, their consistency of being comfortable, 
they'd end up having that time kind of supersonic fly by them and be like, man, I should have done that. Man, what if I, right? I've heard it said that the people on their deathbed don't really talk much about what they did. They talk about what they regret not doing. And so I don't want to regret not doing. I don't want to regret not trying. Uh, And there's this show my friend um, Justin Mania does called The Fear Hunter Show. And he's, I mean, his is very adventurous, very physically driven. And I think about what if we hunted down fear? Right. And like how fun that would be if you had the perspective of like, what's the worst that could happen? We actually talk about this from a family dynamic. We talk about this from a financial dynamic a lot. My husband and I, he's like, what's the worst that could happen whenever we're creating something um, new or taking a hold of an opportunity or a potential opportunity? Like, what's the worst that could happen? And if I fall back to what would be our current comfort zone, our current net Um, I would say if you look around the world, we're pretty blessed, right? Mm -hmm. And so even if we lost, quote unquote, it all, we're still going to have more than a majority of the world. And so I always go back to like, what am I going to lose at the end of the day if I'm following my face, my passion, but I'm also doing it and having fun, right? Like that's the thing where a lot of people totally lose sight of and you watch them. I watch people all the time deteriorate because they've lost their childlike faith. They've lost their childlike tendencies. They're like, I could never do a cartwheel. I'm like, try it. It's so fun, right? Like it's simple (laughs) things. Go to a jump house, right? Go to a bounce house. Go do the thing that you think I will look absurd doing it. And that's what your whole social media platform is built on is having fun, right? I mean, that's the whole point. All right. Quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper, not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the founder collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. (laughs) He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. So talk to us about like, what are some of the biggest social media pain points that you see people experiencing still now, even knowing social media is is a huge part of brand and business development? Mm, I mean, 
people are going to say this is a cliche, right. but consistency. Yeah. Well, the reason people talk about it all the time is because people aren't. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would say consistency and then just clarification of voice and message. Mm, I think good. we learned the hard way that a muddled social media is even if you have tons of followers, if your stuff is muddled, it is so hard to see any kind of conversion or any mm. kind of direction. It, it, it gets very hard because yeah. our stuff was muddled forever. We were mixing like business and relationships and all this stuff. Yeah. And then we were finally like, you know what? We need to be, get focused. And we've always been consistent, but we needed to get focused and like mm, just choose good. one thing. What are we going to talk about? And that's been, of course, any kind of change is hard, especially with something like the Instagram algorithm, which takes forever to recognize any kind of change. And so that time period can feel just like yeah. nails on a chalkboard waiting for it to recognize when you've made a shift, but it, it's very worth it in the end. So yeah, I would just say consistency is probably what a lot of people lack is that if you post and then you forget for a week and then you post three times and then you yeah. forget for two weeks, that, that doesn't help you. It's like starting and stopping a car. Like it's going to hurt your engine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. And then, you know, just being clear on one thing, focus yeah. on one thing that you want to be known for. Mm -hmm. I would say too, most people get social media wrong thinking that they have to have more engagement, have more followers, have more views <laughs> when really just insert more take that word out and insert right the right views the right people the that's right good engagement. and i think too many people are focused on this well if i go viral then it's going to you know my business is going to blow up and things like and you, it's because you hear like one story or two stories right. that that happened on tiktok right but you don't hear about the millions of other people that go viral and it turns into nothing no business yeah. anything like that and then all it does in the end is you think it's a blessing you grow more followers, but actually the more followers you have, the less engagement you get, which means you get pushed down in the algorithm. So people are almost chasing this false That's reality so that if on top of the mountain, that the mountain is where success is, thinking the mountain is Instagram, but it's actually not. It's better to have 5,000 followers and then be people that are an ideal audience for you when you say, hey, I just launched a new product and they're actually interested rather than having 250,000 followers and you get 11 likes and people don't care. Yeah. You know, you're in business about it. We've experienced that. We had a reel on Instagram hit 23 million or 24 wow. million and no business came of it. And, wow. but then we'll post something that's 2,500 views, yep. but it's about, you know, it's seen by our audience of people that are interested in what we have to offer so and they'll reach out to want to work with us. And so, I think if people could just shift away from the vanity metric side of it and just create content for the right people and realize okay. that, hey, even if you're only getting, you know, you say only getting 15 likes, that's 15 people yeah. that saw your content and were impacted by it. Mm -hmm. So just that yeah. perspective. I went to a Brendan Musharraf concert. I love him. Ah, concert. <laughs> Conference. Yeah. Gross day. Uh, before the pandemic. And yeah. he did this exercise that has always stuck with me. He ran out into the audience and made the first person in each row stand up and it was like roughly 75 to a hundred people. Yeah. And he prefaced it with saying, I only got a hundred likes on my, on my post. And then he had everybody stand up and I was like, Whoa, that is so crazy because I think that you don't think of it when you can't see it, feel it, touch yeah. it. It feels like 
just something out in the ether that so good. You, you can't grasp it. But when you, yeah, like you said, 15 people, that's a room, that's a packed room. Like if yeah. you have 15 people in this room right now, we're yeah. packed. It's so good. And I think that it just goes back to remembering like, what is the goal of your social media? It's to, you know, make an impact, share your story, get your message out there, help other people be seen, sell your product, promote your business. And I think when you come, when you can come at it from that way and instead like see like, oh, you know what? I'm making money in my business. I'm blessed in this way. If this post tanked, whatever, it doesn't yeah. take away any value from the life that That's I'm good. living. That's good. Uh, my pastor was talking about this actually at EYA's name is Anthony Hart. And he was saying that the variability between being validated, which is the mm -hmm. vanity metrics versus being valued. And they're very different things. And the world is looking to be validated, which is value that is dated. Meaning mm. tomorrow when you wake up and you have no likes, you have lost your value. But tomorrow, if you're focused on being valuable and God calls us valuable, you wake up with the same amount of worth that you went to sleep with. And That's so, so right, when he said that, I was like, Yes, because we're all <laughs> looking for validation and we don't need to be looking for validation. We need to exist in our value and that value becomes a magnet for people. Does that increase your followership? Probably because you're showing up with a different sense of power and authority in what it is that you're saying versus like, oh, I really hope that what I say is right. And oop, that one wasn't right. So I'm going to take that live down, hide that reel. Don't post that. Let me try it again. Take number 24, right? And it's like, people are always so concerned and it's like you you can't possibly know what the algorithm is going to do with said video you just don't know usually the things that you think suck are the things that take the most traction and so don't post things that suck because you think it's going to take traction but at the same time like just post just do what your what your spirit says do what you feel needs to be said say it go live and experience what that feels like and have variability i think it would be one extra thing i would i would add for people Stay focused, but have a, a variable platform. Like understand that it's not just about TikTok, even if you're a TikToker, right? There's multiple opportunities because what happened, remember we were in Clubhouse and Instagram and Facebook went down that day? Everyone freaked out. Uh, Everyone was freaking out. And I'm like, whoa, look what their validation was coming from. Look yeah. what their sense of connectivity and community was coming from. And if we're doing it right, which I know this is what you all teach, is like if they're coming in and you're pulling them away from social media into their email list where you actually have direct more access to them, then you're creating and nurturing a community. It's why I host live in-person events because there is nothing better than me hugging Michael and Jill's neck and being like, we are in this together. I see you versus me sending you an email versus me posting and you actually never see it anyway. And so it's like, what is that? We call, I call it an hourglass funnel because there's evolution connected to our relationships. But what does that funnel look like? And are you actually coming closer to people or are you just throwing a bunch of spaghetti on the wall and it's never getting down the funnel? Yeah. You know what I think is interesting that I personally learned from the pandemic was that social media, I was so happy that we had it during a time like that. Yeah, we for were sure. in lockdown because I mean all humans we need connection we need some sort of connection and social media was a great place for us to get that but now post that I'm like the outside real <laughs> so thing is true. so much 
better. And like this year, it's been my goal too, because the pandemic, you know, closed off a lot of relationships and people drift apart as mm -hmm. they do. So it was my goal this year to make more female friends. Mm -hmm. And so I go to. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. We're not live anymore. They just popped off. I don't know what just happened. Ah! Oh, no! Well, we're live, and it basically is saying that my, um, <laughs> my account is not working. We're going to stay live, and this is going to work. Let's go. Let's go. Please work. <laughs> Ta-da! We're still here. I hope. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Are you there? Can you guys hear me? I can't hear you. Come on. No, can I hear you? What is happening? Thanks for hanging out live. I see lots of people are watching this happen. I think I can hear you. Can you guys chat? No. All right, y'all. Jill is just telling us about female friends, and I think I just lost her friendship. <laughs> Let's go. What is happening? I don't know why I can't hear you. Okay, let's hear. Can I hear you now? <laughs> well, this is called a tech fail, and we're going to hang out for one more second if this doesn't work. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. I see them. I see you. When I add you live here, I still see you. And I just don't hear you. Says the guest is in the green room, even though you're added to the screen. Well, this is the Fit and Faith podcast. We would love for you to subscribe to our channel, do all the things. You guys know what it's like to handle tech. I am really hopeful that this will work. Yes, no, maybe so. It still says you guys are in the green room, even though I see you. And I don't know why. Well, Ecamm, I thank you for this viewing experience, and I am going to share all of the information with you guys on where you can find Michael and Jill Leonard. Be sure to follow them on social media. Super bummed we didn't get to the end of this combo. We'll have to wrap it up and attack it on later, um, but you guys are a blessing. We appreciate you so much. They're incredible, not only influencers, but educators, and they can help your business. If you are looking for people to maintain or run, or do this, this is the place you want to do it. So I've been talking you guys up. We are not sure what's going on over here in the Ecamm world right now. But you guys wave, say you love them, send them kisses. We'll do a really rad outro on this. And for now, sayonara. Oh my gracious. Oh, now I okay, can't wait. Wait, now. Now are we on the air? I hear it you. Says on air, you're at, you're in the broadcast. <laughs> you're still live. <laughs> All right. 
So we're having this really great conversation, and Jill was talking about how after after we had COVID, and though there was that awesome boom in social media, how much better it is to be in person. And she was telling us about her goal of having more female relationships. And I want to hear more about it because I feel like I get to be a beneficiary of said goal. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly the main thing was that like, I can appreciate social media for what it's worth and for what it does. It does connect people all of, all over the world. But I think the, I think the thing that I value the most is that in-person connection, even like talking to someone over the phone, like yeah, it's, it's so much more valuable and it makes me feel so much more seen and heard. Not that I'm not seen and heard by him, but it is nice to have friendships outside of this uh, just so that you can feel connected. So yeah. anyone who's listening, you know, if you had felt that after the pandemic, because I was nervous to start going to things again, because I'm a homebody, I am kind of an introvert. So I was a little bit nervous to get back out there. But just get back out there, start making friends again, you can make friends as an adult. I know a lot of people think that you can't. And social media is amazing. But don't let it become your all for where the source of your relationships are coming from. Well, one thing to say even about that is like, I love that our relationship started on social media, but it gets cemented when we're in person with people, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can feel your energy here, but there is nothing like a non-tech energy exchange. Okay. I promise you there's no glitches when you're in human person. (laughs) That doesn't happen. And so I'm, I, I love first off that we got to reconnect this year. I love that we already set plans. Y'all, this is another thing of like, you're trying to make new friends. Why don't you secure the next time you're going to see said friend instead of just being like, see you on social media, talk to you on IG, right? It's like, what's next? And how can we cement this relationship so that I know and secure that I'm going to see you again? Because life does get, this is a cuss word in our house, does get busy. And if we mm-hmm. aren't also very intentional about the relationships that we're building outside of our marriage, for those of you who are not married listening to the show, we see you, we know that there's more for you coming, but simultaneously, like, why not pour into your friendships and allow that to be a, a source of influence. And that is an element of flow too, for us to just spur one another on towards love and good deeds by being friends with each other, real life friends, IRL, right? Yes. Yes. IRL friends for IRL sure. IRL friends. Jill, Michael, you guys are incredible. I am sorry we had tech issues and also grateful that we can be a, an example, an example to people that you can do it, that hard things happen and you can still stay the course. Uh, I want you guys to be able to share, like, where's the best place uh, for people to get connected to you? I know where I like to hang out with you most and how you can help people directly. I'm going to put all of your bio, all your links in the show notes, but I would love for them to hear firsthand. Yeah, I think the best place is on our Instagram. So it's just our names at Michael and Jill. Uh, That is the place you'll probably find us on social media the most. Um, And as far as ways to help people, uh, we have our marketing agency. So we help businesses with things like their branding, website, social media, ads, things like that. But we also do do coaching for um, other coaches and consultants who want to learn how to grow and scale their business online as well. Uh, If you have any questions, you can always DM us. We're super open to answering any questions and things like that. Just happy to help people in any way that we can. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on. This was such a great conversation. I really think it's going to be a value for people in so many different levels. And it makes me think too, as people ask the question often about like personal branding and if they should have a personal brand or a business brand, well, you guys have both. And the personal brand really probably catapulted elements of the business brand 
because they get to connect with you. And you guys work with people in that same sense of authenticity and passion and humor, right? That That's how people then can trust you. And so while everybody says no like, and trust, you guys got to know like, and trust Michael and Jill. I am, I am a, an advocate of all things Michael and Jill and so grateful that you guys were on today. Well, yeah, thank you again thank for you having so us. Much. We really appreciate it. My yeah, pleasure. And I will we'll see you in August. Yes, let's go. Congresswoman. <laughs> All right, Lindsay. Yes. Yeah, we're coming for you. Bye, y'all. Yes, we are. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.